Welcome to Own It, the podcast where we talk to real estate thought leaders about embracing your strengths, taking your career to new heights, and owning your future. I am Hillary Saunders, co-founder, chief broker officer at Side, along with Spencer Crawl, live from Inman Day 2 podcast, Own It, with the unicorn, the one and only, Melissa Sophia at the Avenue Home Collective in San Diego. Since we're in Vegas, let's just make it super exciting. Melissa, I love your coat. Can I have one? Oh, yes, absolutely. And thank you to my soul sister, my real estate soul sister, Hillary, for having me. This is so fun. And what you guys have created in Vegas has been amazing. So this is great. I just want to hear all about you because the show today is all about you and the Avenue Home Collective. And I know a bunch of your team members and how amazing they are, but... You've been in the industry for a hot second. Just a minute. I've been in the industry for over 23 years, 23 and a half years. But how is that possible when you're 29? I know, right? It's so hard to start when you're like six. Right. Um, I am much older than 29. (laughs) I am, I'm 41. I have four kids. And, you know, I started when I was 18. That's incredible. You started in real estate when you were 18. I started in real estate when I was 18. Why? As an agent or... As an agent. Well, no, no, no. I'm let, saying no. no. People, people, some people start as an assistant. Oh, That's all, yeah. You know, when I started as an assistant was when I was seven years old. Wow. I used to rollerblade flyers. Mm-hmm. And no joke, my mom gave me a script. So if I ran into people, I had a script to say, like, my mom is selling the house down the street. And often when one home sells, two in the neighborhood sell mm-hmm. soon. So, do you have anyone that you know that wants to buy or sell? (laughs) You are so cute. I was seven years old. Probably. I mean, but I used to hustle and I used to door knock like flyers for my mom. Wow. Yeah. And then when I was nine, I learned um, how to, well, I used to have to run to the front desk to flip open the book Uh and look through all of the listings. And I would bring my mom all the hot sheets. If you guys remember hot yeah, sheets. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, when I was 10, I learned lightning MLS, the DOS based MLS. Mm-hmm. Cause my mom could not understand the internet. So her lender taught me how to use the DOS based MLS. So I was 10 years old, like YB equals 1987 plus. I was, I was literally searching for listings. <laughs> From a very young age. That's amazing. So That's if you amazing. want to ask me how long I've been in real estate, yeah. it actually has been much longer than 23 years, but I've been licensed for that long. That's wow. incredible. Yeah. You had no choice. I, <laughs> you had to I go actually into real refused to be in real estate. I told my mom I was absolutely never going to do it. I hated it. No mm-hmm. way. And but I think that's a tip, though. For those of us who have kids, I think we've all paid them to be... <laughs> or not paid them. <laughs> well, no, because you start their, their IRA super early. Yeah. Because you can pay them to be either yeah, your $12,000 a year. Or, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. just to offset your expenses. Pro tip. Pro tip. Yeah. Pro tip number one. Love that. More my, pro tips to come. My kids were in my ad videos I used to do. See? Yeah. See? Exactly. Somebody's got to stick those labels on those postcards and... So the Avenue Home Collective is one of the top brokerages Thank in you. San Diego yes. and one of the top across the country. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Multiple years in a row now, we've been in the top one and a half percent nationwide. And shockingly, I'm a mega team. I don't know. So I'm actually in San Diego. I'm up against huge brokerages. Like we fall like third 
on the team of, of uh, on the list of mega teams, and it's crazy to me because the, their agent count is way more than my full time agent count. Mm-hmm. But, but you didn't roll out of bed at eighteen and just show up this way. How did you get from solo producer agent hustling your butt off to now? Unicorn status. You know, I think that we hear in real estate a lot of like amazing stories about how people just made it. And I've been doing this for two or five years and like, oh my gosh, I just crush it. And it's really, it's actually, it's kind of upsetting for a lot of longtime agents to hear that. I was not like that. I am a hard like journey, long-term working, nose to the grindstone story. Like this was not a quick transformation. I took my hits. I went through 2008. I lost houses. I learned from them. I didn't have anybody really to go to because I was in real estate with my mom. I learned everything from her. We were working together side by side for three years. And, you know, I suddenly lost her to a brain aneurysm when I was 21 and she was 46 I actually was picking her up. She said it. She said she had a terrible headache, and um, you know, I look over to my right, and in my passenger seat, she was having a seizure. Oh my god! So I rushed to the ER, and you know, in that moment, we found out it was a brain aneurysm. I lost her. I lost my mentor, my best friend, my mother, and you know, my business partner. So I did not know how I was going to survive. I didn't know who I was. I just talked about this on stage. Like my marketing and my branding identity, everything I was as a realtor was wrapped up in her identity. I was just kind of like planning on riding her coattails for many years to come. And when I had to pivot and learn how to do this on my own, I was actually very alone. I was at Remax at the time. And then I went to Century 21. And then I went to Indie Brokers. I was just kind of taking the hits and, um, I really didn't have a good community to lean on. I didn't really have that many mentors. So truly everything I learned, I had to do by falling on my face and making mistakes and learning who was really behind me and who wasn't. How did, how do you trust affiliates? How do you trust other agents? You know, what do you say to your clients? Okay. I, that, I didn't say that right. How do I do it again? So literally everything that I teach my agents now, it's like a, it's like a parent, right? You like teach them things and you're like, please don't make this mistake because I took 20 years making this mistake. And then you watch them make the mistake and you're like, dude, I told you. (laughs) But, um, yeah, this has been a long journey and it has been a hard journey, but I'm so grateful now that I'm in a position to be a leader for 40 agents and in Aria. And now I can bring everything that I've learned through all of these like hits and black eyes, um, and share it with as many people as possible, which is why I love doing stuff like this because, you know, I want everybody, I want to elevate our industry. I want to make us all better and like not have to have everybody go through all the tough stuff. So, okay. So I didn't know about your, about your history, yeah. you know, about that. And it really is what a horrible experience that had to be. It was hard. You are a, a powerhouse. You are a force of nature, you know, all of your own. When you're talking about how you got knocked down and stuff, were you, were you always resilient? Like you appear to be now, or is that something you developed? And if so, how did you do that? You know, I, no. I was not always resilient. Um, there were so many nights where I was like curled up in fetal position in my, in my room. Like, how am I supposed to carry on? How am I supposed to do this? Who do I go to? You know, it was, it was, it was hard, but I think like rising, 
through those moments and, and choosing to try again, to work hard, to, you know, find connection with other agents and mentors and, uh, you know, really learn that I could keep going. I grew in my resilience. And now that is like one of my greatest assets that I own. Like everything is easy when you've lost it all. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing is a big deal. Like, okay, so you lose that deal. I'm alive. You know, how do you, so for perspective, Uh, Avenue Home Collective now has 40 team members. Yes. Um, When I came to you, I had like eight, nine, 10. What's your, what was the, what's your last 12 months production picture? How many transactions? What's the GCI? Just for perspective. Cause then I have a follow up. Absolutely. So when I started at side, I was running about like 45 to 50 million in production total with about eight, nine agents. And now I'm 40 agents and uh, we're probably expected to do just under 300 million this year. Wow. Yeah. So how did you go from the girl running the hustle mm-hmm. to the leader to encourage the team members to figure out their own hustle to be because authentic self is your pillar. How do you coach and inspire your team to just slay it? Oh, that's such a good question. So I'll say like resilience isn't something I necessarily had. That's something that, that I built, but leadership, I feel like that one was inherent. Leadership is something that's always been inside of me. Like I was a kindergartner, like everybody come this way. We're all going to play this game, (laughs) you know? So that is something that has always been inside me, just waiting to come out. Um, As far as who I've brought into my atmosphere, I've never really openly recruited. I've really just attracted the agents that I have to me. So I feel like when people have joined my brokerage, they were seeking to feel, you know, comfortable in their authentic self. They saw the way that I marketed, created a referral business, and um, they wanted to replicate in their own business. So, you know, it is it is easy in that the people that are coming to my brokerage are seeking to, to market in the same way that I do. Then all I have to do is kind of show them how I do it. And, you know, I just talked on uh, the stage at Inman about my four-step process on how to start showing up authentically in business. And, you know, it's, it's kind of it's fun. It's funny. I, I did not think that I could teach this. When I became an independent broker, I literally was like, what's the point? of bringing agents on under me. Like I can't teach them how to, how to do my business. It's I'm weird. Like I'm so weird. Like how am I supposed to teach them to be me? And, uh, through my coach, who's amazing. He helped me learn that like what I was doing was actually a system and maybe it didn't look like everybody else's systems of calling, you know, just listed, just sold. And like, you know, doing lead conversion, buying, buying leads, whatever. But the way that I did business was itself a system. I was creating a heart-led relational type of lead generation business through events, social media, putting the community first, bringing people together, finding out what clients really were struggling with or like what they were working on and trying to help them solve those issues. So, you know, 
I taught them to pay attention, to listen, to build relationships where people will actually share that kind of stuff. And then I taught them my four-step process on how to start showing up authentically in your marketing so that you can open the door to bringing more clients to you that like align with your philosophy and your, and your vibe. Do, do you, do you find, I mean, so you're very particular or a very specific you know, yeah. sort of person. How do you find your unique client? Like the person that's going to want to, that, that you know, you can help. And you're gonna you know, I am not for everybody for sure. Like I, I'm an extra person and I find who I'm going to love to work with by just being so openly myself mm -hmm. because the people that want to do business with me, like love me. I mean, they will go and attack somebody else's table at a, at a, at a restaurant and be like, Hey, I heard you talking about uh, your house. You need to use my agent. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm willing to let the people that don't align with me go, you know, I'm totally okay with that. When I was able to start bringing to me, the people that love me, that really resonate with my philosophies that don't care that I'm extra. They like that I'm impossible and they don't take no for an answer. They like that I'm intuitive. And I say like, I have a feeling about this and they're not weirded out by the woo woo stuff. I say like that, you know, when I really started to hammer down and, and be confident in my authentic self and portray that in my marketing, I was really able to gather like super fans in my life who fight for my business. And that's what I teach my agents to do. How do you, how do you teach your agents? Cause especially now when people are speaking, even on the admin stage, that it's a down market and you know, you go back to your grassroots. I know, right? <laughs> this is my response too, yeah. but for one second, let's play devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. I'm an agent and, um, you know, I'm afraid to get a buyer broker agreement because I just don't want to have that tough conversation. Mm -hmm. How do you tell them that it's okay? Actually, it's better for you mm -hmm. to have that conversation. And if they say, no, they're not the right client for yeah. you. You know, I think, as agents, it's really easy to be full of excuses. It's really easy to justify our failures or our shortcomings or our poor results by blaming something else, the market, by the interest rate, like what my, what is going on in my life. But, you know, it's, it's the ability and the willingness to be very real and raw and honest with yourself about any of those things about why you find it hard to ask for a buyer broker agreement, why you find the market hard. The market is not hard for me. We are so busy. I, I'm like begging my agents. I'm like, please drop shifts at your other job or just quit your other job. We need more hands on deck. We're so busy at any given time over this year, we've had between 30 and 45 deals in escrow at any given time. Like it is not a slow market for us, but that's because we don't operate within these boundaries of defining or limiting, you know, having these limiting beliefs. Like we just do not speak this way. I'm hearing law of abundance. I'm hearing yeah. you're making the reality. You're not letting we, that is what we do. Make your reality. Correct. We all make our own reality. Where did you learn that? Uh, my mom. <laughs> I learned that from my mom. Absolutely. And, um, it is so true. When you start to take ownership of you create your reality, you're, you know, when, when you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at change, everything is perspective. 
So I don't see a down market. I see a market where I have to talk to my clients differently. Mm-hmm. I don't see a down market. I talk, I, I, I think about like, okay, this is what people need to hear to make a move. Okay. I don't see a terrible market. I see, Hey, if it's bad for sellers, then you know who it's great for all those investors. Like, why is it a bad market? You're just looking at the wrong chapter of the book. Yeah, but you, you have an ability, you know what to look for, right? Because so many people get stuck. So what you're talking about, a lot of agents can't do that. A lot of people can't do that. They're just unwilling to do it. They absolutely can. You know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, hold, hold on a second. Oh, yeah. So I'm going I'm <laughs> to challenge you. I think we're in an arm wrestle. No, I love no, this. No, but I'm going to challenge you on Let's go, thing. Spencer. No, it, it, I understand what you're saying is that, is yeah. that yes, they, that there are limiting beliefs and stuff like that. But so, for instance, there are limiting is, beliefs. So, um, you know, Roma Cube, you know, the game Roma yes, Cube. Yes, I right? love Roma okay, Cube. Okay, so, so I cannot see patterns like Scrabble. I oh. cannot play Scrabble because it's not that I'm not willing. I love words. Yeah. I have multiple dictionaries that I just mm-hmm. like to flip through. I mean, That's seriously, because, yeah. but, but, but I don't see the pattern, right? So, so for you to say like, oh, you're not just, you're not trying or you're not looking at it enough or whatever. Uh-huh. So I, I, that sometimes I think is what the market is, is people haven't, maybe haven't been taught how to find the pattern. Well, you know, I, I would say like, have you ever read the book Rocket Fuel? Yes. Rocket Fuel is amazing. Rocket Fuel exposes you to the idea that there are visionaries and there are integrators. My guess is that you're more of an integrator, right? Would you say? Like knowing him yes. very well? Yeah, I have visions, but yeah, you, don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to know about them. So I, well, based on the book of Revelation. It was, <laughs> whole other story. Um, I know that I'm a visionary. And one of the you know benefits to being a visionary is we have the ability, ability to feel and see the needs of people, the future market, like we kind of like have an idea of what's coming. We can feel it. And, um, but you know, there, those are skills that you can develop. Even if you're more of an integrator, you can look at like the signs or like in people's experiences, like I know what market is coming up based on how my clients are talking, how often they call me, mm-hmm. how every single week at my office meetings, I ask all of my agents, how many people came into your open house? When you put offers on a listing, how many other offers were on the table? What did you end up selling the home for? And I go through all of that with all of my agents every Monday because I want them all to understand not just what the temperature of the market is, but learn how to assess the market based on the information that they're hearing. So that if I'm gone tomorrow, they learned at least that, hey, when people are acting this way, this is what the market's about to do. Yeah, like that's yeah. something you know. Something no, that, that, you that, that makes sense to me because sometimes, but but you're teaching them the system. They might not intuit it themselves, right. but you're teaching them that right. system. That makes sense. Yeah. When you start, when you got your community, when you built your sphere of influence, mm-hmm. right? You're looking at this large area. There's this great, great event that you created, Mompreneurs. Yes. I want to hear that story and what you learned through that process. Oh, so fun. Um, so I will say, like, really quick, if I had one regret in real estate, it's that I did not start my CRM, like, day one. Mm. I can't even imagine how powerful my business would be if I had started consistently putting my people, my sphere in my database. So I I wish I did. But what I was able to create like a few years ago, I think we started in maybe 2018 was the mompreneur meetup because I'm a mom of four. And 
through that process of having kids, like my husband was working full time. I was raising four small children, like breastfeeding, dragging a toddler around, like taking all the kids to gymnastics. And I was building my real estate business at the same time. It was hard. And in those play dates, in those lunches, in the, you know, drop off and pick up line, I would hear moms that are like, man, I love that you're still doing real estate. And even with all of this, I really want to start my side hustle again. Mm. Or I really want something that belongs to me, but I just don't know where to start. And I would totally be one of those people that was like, well, I, I know somebody in branding. Like, do you want me to connect you with her? Like, Hey, I know how to do this thing called time blocking. That'll help you with your efficiency and help you, you know, maximize the nap times that you have with your kids so that you can actually start your business. And I would collect the resources because I'm a super connector. Yep. I would just start to stack all of my resources together and share them with all of the moms who were also entrepreneurs. So instead of having like these multiple lunches at the same time, I just started to be like, Hey, instead of talking to all 20 of you, like, let's all just get together for lunch at this place. We can all have our kids run around and we can all talk about business, our dreams, our hopes, aspirations, share our tools and resources. And it turned into like a thing. We had over a hundred women meeting every single month. Wow. And then I would feature one of my like friends or, or clients or, um, you know, just resources for knowledge to share one thing that she particularly did really well as a mompreneur. And then, you know, we would just create a community and connection collaboration. People are still friends today. I think that. that's a good takeaway for anyone who is starting their business, whether it's real estate or anything, right? Because yeah. you have your local community and you have that networking opportunity to take advantage of, but also help, right? You're doing it from a way of giving. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine just started Seven Mamas. It's a um, onesie company and that has slogans for that focus on moms with, um, you know, postpartum. Oh my God. I love this. Wait, see, I have to connect her. See, I know. We'll we'll talk later. We'll put this on. Well, so one of, one of my mompreneurs and a good friend and client of mine, she started this uh, company called raising moms and she found a gap in our postpartum childcare yep. or, or mom care yep. mm-hmm. that like, when you have a baby, like, bye, you're just kicked to the yeah. curb until six weeks. Yeah. Nobody and, checks on you. And it's so funny. Cause we just had a side sisters talk. Um, and one of our dads who just had to, his wife had twins, he's having postpartum. Wow. So just as a thing, oh like it's something just to have that community. This is, um, so we need to connect about. those yes. two women because like yeah. how powerful yeah. that they're both serving that same community. Yeah. I love this. I, I am such a, I have nobody to connect with on this one. I'm such a slacker. <laughs> I, I feel bad. It's okay. I, I'm going to teach you how to start thinking about the serving first. Yeah. Well, no, that's, I, well, I'm now I hear you have to, I'm, first I'm going to get that book rocket fuel, but, yeah. but, uh, and then I have, you know, and you're right. Maybe I just have to learn to read the signals a little bit better. And I think that's just such a. It's an amazing skill. To thank have. you so much. I really appreciate that. Well, thank so you. within Avenue, you have individual producers. Yes. You have team members. Yes. And you have a special niche, which um, I find very amazing because I can't do this, is really train and foster new agents oh to my God, be I love their that. authentic self. And I think that's your sweet spot. Thank and you. I'd love to hear how you are doing that because... 
Spencer and I, I will speak for, for Spencer right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say they, now. This is, <laughs> is that we don't like to train new agents. I love to train new agents. Let's talk about that. Okay, wait, wait. I love to train new no, agents. You no, 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 no. I... Uh, Oh, go ahead. We'll, t- we'll talk about this. I do. I want everyone to know I love training uh-huh. new agents. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So I will say um, every new agent that has joined my brokerage has sold a minimum of 15 transactions their first year. That's, wow. That's, that's, I, would, I would start using expletives, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but holy moly. Yeah. I, you know, I, I actually really love it when they come fresh and without bad habits, without limiting beliefs, without um, kind of this, like the market defines me mentality. Mm-hmm. I simply can teach them, hey, this is what you need to do to get results. You need to work on income producing activities. Here's what your job is. Your job is to prospect follow up on leads, take appointments and negotiate. That's your job. If you're not doing those things, you're not working. You know, it's harder to, to hammer that into older agents or people who have been around even just for a few years, because, you know, they will mask like lunch with their husband as like, you know, working or whatever, lunch with an old friend. And sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. You have one of the top producers. She is coming up in Aria. Amanda Um, Lee. Yes. She's incredible. She's a perfect case case study. Let's tell, have you tell her story because something that she told me a while ago resonated, which was Melissa told me to be myself. I get to come in my Jordan, (laughs) in my sneaks and not be corporate. I'm going to show my tattoos. I'm going to be me. How did you teach her that it was okay to be herself in Mm. an industry where most people consider themselves that they need to wear a suit to work or they need to show up in pearls or whatever? Yes. Well, I used to be that agent. I used to be the agent that felt like I had to wear a tweed suit and show up in pearls. And it was so not me. This is me. Rainbow. Right? Rainbow, crazy, like checkers, like whatever. So Amanda came to work one day and she was like, oh my God, I have to go home. I need to change my shoes before my appointment. And I was like, why? And she was like, because I'm wearing these Jordans. And I was like, so wear your Jordans, just go to the appointment. And she was like, but like, what will they think? And I'm like, who cares? Do you really want to work with a client that is going to judge you for your shoes? And she was like, no, I do not. And I was like, great. So then show up in your shoes And then if they're the type of person that's going to look you up and down and say, because of those, I don't want to work with you, Mm -hmm. then it's like good riddance. That is not a person that's going to treat you well, trust your advice. That is not going to be a fun transaction for you. And ultimately, collecting those types of clients is not an enjoyable and fulfilling life as a real estate agent. I know that money matters, but happiness matters more. Mm. Amen. I really find like worthiness in talking to people, learning who they are, what the purpose is behind what they're doing, their appearances. Like, I mean, don't mean anything. Where's your inspiration come from? Where do you go to seek uh, rejuvenation and inspiration? Oh, I love that. Um, I really love to find rejuvenation and, and, um, in nature or in music. Like I'm a big, you and I both we're, big live music fans. And I love those moments at a concert where you all feel like you're together. Your heart beating is one. You're all enjoying one incredible moment. Um, so I really feel rejuvenated after attending events like that. And I really am inspired by, um, being part, I'm, I'm in a few really incredible masterminds, uh, forward, forward Academy and, um, 
you know, I love the speakers that they bring that are actually outside of the industry. And then they come and speak to you on real estate. And, you know, that is my jam. Like I love to take inspiration from other areas, from marketing outside of real estate and then applying it to our business here so that we can kind of speed up our industry and like get them to match where the rest of the world world's head is at. So I love doing that and just surrounding myself with people who, you know, think differently, think positively about like the world, don't get caught up in like the limiting beliefs. And do you think the real estate industry, um, is still a little behind? We are so far behind. So far by. Are we making inroads? But in terms of in terms of what? Um, everything. Progressiveness. <laughs> but no, but I mean, in, in well, what it's way? Well, the same as legal, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm gonna jump on. Melissa's yeah, please. Say I agree. Is that we've got a lot of work to do? Just like getting out of the box, right? Like you see the picture of the real estate broker looks like this. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. Okay. Or yeah. you know, right. supporting teams that are different. Right. Or um, something that is non-traditional brokerage is the indie broker. Right? Yes. But, but I think one of the things I love about this business, though, is exactly what you're doing. Is you. there, there's you know every agent can create their own culture right. I, and, here, and, here. Well, well, no, the no. beautiful, but that's the beautiful thing about side is like we have a lot of similar thinking, like powerful, high producing agents who have the ability to collaborate and share together in a community, yet act in their own lane. Like we do what we want about our business, but we still have a place to like gather and collaborate. That is what's really cool about our particular community. There are not a lot of places like that, you know, outside of our little atmosphere and our beautiful little bubble. There's still a lot of, a lot of brokers, a lot of offices that still don't understand that diversity is important. Right. Let's, Let's talk on that. Yeah. What do we collectively do to support the broader real estate community mm. in I love more that. inclusiveness? Because you are taking a leap with Aria. Yes. Um, gosh, when I found Aria, that was like a really big thing for me. Can you say what Aria is? By yes. Way, I don't know. Aria is the Asian Real Estate Association of America. And I mean, you know how I said I would never be in real estate before? <laughs> I fully intended to be an attorney, a judge, a DA, go into politics. I wanted to like change the world. You know, I, I, I originally, when I was like a child, people would be like, what do you want to be? And I was like the president of the United States of America. Mm. And then as I became like a jaded, older, you know, young adult, I was like, I'm a brown woman. I'm never going to be the president of the United States, but let me at least get into politics. So that was like my dream. And then when I was in college, my mom came to me and she was like, Hey, get your license. You're 18. Like go and do it. The market's about to explode and somebody else is going to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It better be you. And I was like, no. And then I finally said, yes. Um, so I kind of like trashed my dream of being in politics because I got in and started making good money. But then I lost my mom. I went through this whole journey in real estate and I kind of never thought I would have the opportunity to change the world. Mm -hmm. When I found Aria really late in my career, um, you know, just like five or six years ago, I saw that there were people like me that were seeking to change the laws and the mindset and, you know, the system that was holding down the AAPI community and other diverse communities, I didn't even know these things were happening. 
Like imagine being Filipino your whole life, being in real estate for 20 years, and then learning that there is a disparity in home ownership for your race. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? I, I felt like these things were like one-offs when I was seeing them happen in real life. Like, oh, we didn't get that offer accepted. That was weird. We had the highest offer. You know, oh, we they didn't get their appraisal to come in. That was weird. Like the one down the street appraised, huh? You know, I did not put two and two together to be like, this is a systemic issue and it's happening across the board and it's causing the entire AAPI community and other diverse communities to suffer. And when I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh, I can be a part of a community that's going to change these things. And then you were like so on board. You just jumped right in and were like, I want to support this. This is so important. This is what I'm about. And I'm like, this is why, this is why I roll with them. We got this. Do you, I'm just curious. Do you feel that, that any of the things that are being done, like the uh, Fair Appraisal Act and all these things, do you think those are helping at all? Or is it, is it really just... There are small the moves being made. I actually helped to write the ARIA opinion letter on the, um, on the appraisal issues. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there is a task force that's being created amongst multiple... Um, agencies within the federal government right now to find out why there's such a problem with disparities and appraisals. Because, you know, for people who aren't aware, like in San Diego, it's actually a massive issue, mm. like in an area called City Heights versus like Kensington, yep. which are literally right next to each other. You will find a home that is $700,000 in value, same home with the same grocery stores, same schools, same parks, $2 million mm -hmm. right down the street. Why? Yeah. Why? Doesn't so, make sense. A couple, a couple things before we wrap up. Yeah. One, um, given what you just said, as far as what your aspirations were when you were a girl, what do you tell your daughters? Oh my gosh. Given this day and age and your support and trajectory and, you know. Wait, wait, before you answer for you have four daughters. I have three daughters and one son. Okay, so I want to know what you tell your son as well. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. Well, and you know, I tell them all. I'm like, first of all, it's so cliche, but like, be the change. You know, quite literally, like I, I looked at that as like, oh, I'm the change. But truly, if you want to see things change, if you see people that are struggling, you see things that you believe should should be different, like be the one to step up and say something. I teach my kids, never let anyone else make you feel like you're not the smartest person in the room. I tell them, I don't care if you're five and they're 30. If you if you think you're right, say something. Yes. I will support you. I don't teach them to like follow authority blindly. I encourage them to ask questions and to make a stand. Mm. So they're limitless. And that's like, that's what this is about. Like this whole thing. I just want to teach them that they're limitless and they can literally do anything that they want. I love it. And then, and then lastly, what are your dreams for the Avenue and oh. the next bit? I'm not going to give you a time frame because so, I want to see what you say. I love that. Um, so my dreams for the Avenue are to take what we've done in our little bubble and really help expand it all over California and hopefully all over the country. You know, what we're doing at the Avenue is so special. We've literally systematized and created a space where agents can create a heart led referral based business and have leads generate 
through ways that you can feel good, you know, supporting events and community that, that you align with and, um, you know, having a good time, you know, supporting your, your people, bringing people to you using attraction marketing. So what I want to do is to help agents feel like they are worthy enough that they can create a business just like that, that they don't have to kill themselves door knocking, kill themselves, you know, calling just list and just sold and getting yelled at by people multiple times that there's other paths to success in real estate. And it can be just that you are good enough and nobody's ever told you that before. I love it. I love it. Well, you and the Avenue will rocket ship to whatever heights that y'all decide to get to and good luck with your, your Aria adventures. Um, I won't let any cats out of the bag. Y'all can follow Melissa on Instagram and all that kind of stuff and find out things later. It's just a teaser. But if you have questions for Melissa or any of our guests at own it, you can email us at own it at side.com and we will send them to Melissa and she will, I'm sure be happy to answer them live on Instagram as she does everything. Love it. Yeah. Please hit me up. I'm Mel knows on Instagram and I'm really talking in my Instagram every day. So Anytime anyone has any questions, I'm happy to help. I love it. And next time in, we're in San Diego, Hash House of Go-Go. Yes, please. These big giant plates. I I love it. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, I love it. And we'll see you guys all next time on another Own It episode. Perfect. Perfect.